0: Welcome to The 100 Podcast, it's Ed here with you, I hope you're well. Today we're really happy to be joined by Jake Linter of the Southern Brave. Jake, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Um, Yeah, it's all sort of gearing up, getting a bit excited and getting close now. So looking forward to Saturday night against the Trent Rockets at Trent Bridge.
0: Absolutely and congratulations on the Southern Brave call up by the way obviously you wanted one of the wildcard picks what was that moment like were you expecting a call when did you find out not
1: yeah you just you never expect it to happen um i think you 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 know you've got that as an ambition uh, at the start of the season that was definitely one of my goals was to try and get picked up as a wildcard and put myself in in the best position possible to to do that so obviously really chuffed to be picked and really excited to be a part of a squad which you know it's you have to pinch yourself a little bit looking around and some of the guys in the team um yeah I'm just really excited and looking forward to sort of throwing myself into it for the next month and giving it a proper nudge and see where we're at come the end of the tournament but yeah just really excited and can't wait to get going.
0: Yeah, you mentioned some of the talent you're playing with. I mean, it must be very cool. Obviously, you've played with some really good guys, the Birmingham Bears, but you're playing with the likes of Joffre Archer, Quindon de Cork, Devon Conway, Tymer Mills. That squad really is just full of superstars. It must be very weird going into training and you know, obviously training up with all of the guys and spending time with them as well.
1: Yeah, well, obviously my journey is very, very different to others. And, you know, it. 18 months ago not even 18 months ago I was in a you know in a staff room teaching and I'm here now sort of a year year and a half on doing what I've wanted to do my whole life and and that's pretty special feeling and proud of what I've achieved over the last year but um you know this isn't this isn't um where I want to stop I want to keep going and keep driving and you know I'm a really ambitious driven quite competitive bloke um Love getting in a battle and, and I'm really, you know, looking forward to rubbing shoulders with some of the best players in the world um, and feel really privileged to have that opportunity and grateful that the Southern Brave have given me that chance.
0: Yeah, and it's fully deserved, by the way. And you talked about how competitive you are. It must take a certain amount of drive to break out at the stage of the career you're in. Obviously, you've you know, only, only just last season really started playing regular T20 cricket at the age of 27. Obviously, you've got a, a unique career path, as you said. I'm curious to kind of understand why that was and, and whether you think that there are more players out there like you who are ready to break out at an age where, you know, slightly, I don't know, four or five years slightly later than some of the other guys might.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean... The the reason I'm sort of where I am and the cricketer I am now is probably as a result of a number of setbacks. I think setbacks are great, and some people can deal with them, some people can't. Um, and I've had times where I haven't been able to deal with them. Of course, it's not always easy being told you're not good enough, or um, you need to you need to go away and work at your game, and those sorts of things. Um, having done well and still getting that message is even harder. So, yeah, it's been it's been tough in terms of. Um, having continuing with that drive because sometimes, you know, I've been through stages where I, I think I finished at Gloucestershire in eighteen and and I'd done really well, like um, performed in the twos and did well coming into the first team and when at sevens I think in the three games I played and then just nothing at the end of it. So that was a tough time, but I'm I just love playing cricket. I love bowling spin. I love um, being out there. And there's been a number of people along the way, why are you still trying to be a professional? Give it up, like all of that sort of stuff. Um, Stop chasing the dream. I've had many loads of that in club cricket when I'm batting and people giving me plenty of sticks. So it's a nice feeling to be in this position now, but I definitely think those setbacks have made me me stronger now to deal with, you know, I'm going to have setbacks, uh, of course, uh, moving forward and being able to deal with them, I think is really important. So yeah, and then touching on why so late. I think this, I've touched on this in a lot of interviews, but I still believe there's a huge problem with um, the county structure in that when you reach 18, you're you're either good enough or you're not, and that's so wrong. That I like obviously I work within coaching and I, I see players develop at different ages, and and for. For to be making decisions on people's careers at 18 years old, I find, you know, I just don't, doesn't sit with me very well. Um, and I think that's where there's obviously been some negativity around this tournament, but people have got to understand that people are getting those opportunities now. Like I've looked at players today playing in the Royal London. It's amazing to see so many 18, 19, 20, 27, 28 year olds who might be coming in from club cricket or minor county cricket or through academies that would never ever have played if if this tournament wasn't going ahead. So that's obviously really exciting. I think that hopefully this might sort of bridge the gap a little bit where and players who can't get opportunities are going to get them, and then they'll be either good enough or not. Um, the problem is getting that opportunity. So um, yeah, it's obviously a really exciting time I think for English cricket and. Um yeah, I'm excited to see where it can go, really.
0: Absolutely. And obviously you bowl left arm wrist spin, which is probably the rarest skill in cricket. I think if I think about genuine left arm leggies who play at a high quality around the world, I can only really think of 10. There just aren't many of you about. And do you think that contributed, I guess, to your late rise? Because it obviously is a, a very weird skill. And when I was growing up, I was a leg spinner. And obviously... Never had the quality that you did, but I was I was always told, oh, you need to bowl faster, or you need to bowl slower, or you need to lengthen your run up, or shorten your run up. And there's a lot of, I guess, mystery about leg spin because nobody really knows how it works. Do, do you think that was something that might have slowed you down?
1: Well, I think there's been a big shift, hasn't there, in terms of I've obviously been involved in professional cricket, whether it be second team trialling or, or playing for like 10 years now, 11 years. And I remember when T20 cricket back then, when I first started at eighteen, nineteen, you know, people didn't really want to bowl too much spin. And, they, and it was easier to bowl a left arm spinner because less risk of a drag down or a full toss. But, I mean, I think there's a huge amount of credit in terms of where the white ball game's at now from Owen Morgan in the way that he's gone about things. I think that's filtered down across all teams, franchises now, you know, the first thing they look for is a wrist spinner. Um, to win these tournaments, you know, it can be really important. I'm not saying it, it is going to be the difference, but having a wrist spinner in your side is, is vital, in my opinion. And you've seen the success of teams around the world. When they've got a leg spinner, they've got that ability just to make a bat look silly or take a wicket at key time, um, which I think is really important. So I think that's why more opportunities have opened up for me i obviously started at hampshire um and played made my debut for them and and i think since that time there's been a real sort of push for leg spin and that's obviously i'm left arm leg spin and there's none there's hardly any of us around but i think ultimately people just want players in their side that can take wickets and and impact games and leg spinners tend to do that quite a lot i'd say
0: Yeah, and obviously wickets are very much in vogue right now. Taking wickets is important and restricting runs. And obviously you do that. But your economy rate over, was it 27 career games now, is well under seven. Obviously you've had fantastic success for Birmingham. Obviously very skillful. But do you think that the fact that basically nobody's ever faced anybody like you plays into that. And obviously you're late blooming. You've only kind of played a few games. They don't know how to pick your googly at. How much of a sense do you think that, that mystery really helps you, obviously alongside a lot of skill?
1: I think that initially was quite a big thing for me. Probably last year's T20 tournament, I came in as a bit of an unknown quantity, particularly playing in the North group where I hadn't really played any cricket in the North. So most players I was coming up against didn't know me and didn't know what I did so that's of course is going to play a factor. but this year there's you know these games are streamed and, and there's so much footage on players. This year I think I've had to be really smart. I've tried to work on a couple of things which don't want to discuss too much, but just trying to be sort of one step ahead of, of opposition. I work really closely with Graham Welch, the bowling coach at Warwickshire and he's obviously working with me at the Southern Brave as well. And we're pretty meticulous in our plans. We try and have a real clear idea of what opposition batters are going to do. Um, Because I believe, obviously, we've got to execute our skills. But T20, you know, batters have options. You know what they're going to go to. You know where you can get hit for one, potentially. Um, And you know the players that might not pick it, those type of things. So, um, yeah, just being really proactive in that sense, I think has helped me which probably surprises people I guess that all that goes on but it's a huge part of things and you know planning for planning for these games against top top players is vital um, and that's I think helped me but then also just enjoying it and trying to relax into it and not being worried about failure and um, yeah just I've, I've loved every second playing for Warwickshire and they're a top top group of lads and the coaching staff you know I've never felt more back to my life so I think that rubs off in my performances, which is great.
0: Yeah. Obviously now with the Southern Brave, you're at the Aegeus, I believe. How's training getting on? How are you getting on with the lads? Uh, How's the preparation going? It's awesome. Like In
1: terms of the vibe and the vibe around the group, um, it's great. It's a top top group of lads, all really nice people, um, gelling really well. Obviously, it's a bit different in terms of COVID restrictions and things like that, so we're a little bit limited, but um yeah there's lots of golf being played there's um you know good socials and I think it's a real with Mahala is obviously our coach which is a bit surreal as well um he in terms of how we he wants us to work and he's very relaxed and he knows that we're comfortable in executing our skills and so we've trained really hard but at the same time there's that flex you know if if players feel they're in a good place. You know, you don't need to be training all the time. It's important to get some rest as well because games come pretty thick and fast and, there's you know, there's quite a lot of travelling involved in the schedule. Obviously, there's no north-south. We're going north and up and down the country. So, um, just being smart with our time, really, and making sure we're best prepared. But, yeah, it's a great group of lads. We've got a world-class coaching staff. And, um, yeah, like I said earlier, the players um, can't wait to watch, to be honest. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you were talking about downtime there, playing a lot of golf. Obviously, there's that great golf course um, at the Aegeus. But I imagine you do have quite a bit of downtime when you're playing a lot of T20 and the 100. And I saw you tweet earlier this week about Brentford signing Christopher <laughs> Arja from Ajax because he's a really good football manager. Yeah. Is that a game you play a lot of to kind of kill time when you have the opportunity?
1: Yeah, don't get me started. I'm a football manager now. I've played it since, I don't know, like 12 or 13. My parents hate it. <laughs> uh, but I, um, yeah, I find it just gets me away from everything. Um, a lot of the lads play. I know a lot of the lads have brought their playstations and they're all set up in their rooms. And I think delray has been playing Warzone this afternoon, so he's 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 been getting stuck into that. I think it's really important that players can get away get away from cricket and escape. And that's my escape, I guess. Um, as Max Wall has been playing golf all week, I don't think he's got off the course yet. So um there's different ways of of um of prepping and it's all individual but yeah that's I, I love football manager it's great um i actually would love to be a football manager what a job
0: you mentioned was it, so you 12 or 13 you started would that be around football manager 06 because that's the first one i played and i took northwich victoria to league one I think before my four four two got exposed. I've
1: been, I've been to Northwich Victoria. North How are you Northwich Northwich Victoria away on a Tuesday night? We won three two because I'm a big Exeter City fan. Um, I still remember it. Great night. Great pie at halftime. Um, now it's um, I'm a big football fan. I love my football. Um, I season ticket holder at Exeter, and I follow them up and down the country, like Carlisle away a couple of years ago. So yeah, there's no no holding me back. I love it.
0: On the football sense, Carlos Brathway did a column for BBC Sport talking about the players to watch. And I don't know if you've heard this yet, but he referred to you as the hundreds Jamie Vardy. Yeah, I
1: I saw that today. Good old Carlos. Yeah, what a man. He's um he's obviously been great for me. Um we, we get on really well, um, sort of bounced off each other ever since he arrived at Edge Um and he's installed a lot of faith in me, believes in what I do, and obviously with that article. Really nice of him to say that. Um, And it is, I guess, a bit of a similar journey in that I've come in quite late. Um, I said earlier on Twitter that I definitely haven't got the same pace and hairline as him. But, um, (laughs) we, um, yeah, I guess there are are similarities with that. And, yeah, if I can carry on like him, I guess I'll I'll be in a pretty decent place come five, six years'
0: time. Yeah, he will be. As a Leicester City fan, I can only hope that for you. (laughs) It would be great. I have to ask you about your Jay Lint celebration that you've, yeah. been losing re- you've been using recently. Where did that come from?
1: That was Carlos as well. He, well <laughs> no, it, started, um, it started, I think, I was catching up with a couple of friends and um, we were watching a football game and West Ham were playing and Lingard scored, I think. And one of the lads was like, you could actually do that. And I was like, nah, that's not, <laughs> I'm not doing that. That's too, too massive time. And then I turned up and... Ricky was like, what's your celebration? Carlos, that is. He was like, what's your celebration? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, it's T20. You've got to have a celebration. Like when you get a big wicket, you need one. And I was like, okay. And then I mentioned it to him and he was like, yes, because he's a big United fan. So he was like, yeah, that, yeah, that. I'm all over that. So um, we went with it. It didn't last too long, but I think it's, I've done media day today for, because I have, because I've come in as a wildcard. I didn't do all the media before. So did media today and I, I I've committed to it. So um, there'll be a lot of it on the big screen. So I'm going to have to go all in with it. you got to commit. Once you, once you put it out there, it's got it's every time. You've got to make it your thing. I've just got to deal with the the comments from mates afterwards saying I'm a moron. But um, yeah, <laughs> it is.
0: Look, obviously, you have a fantastic squad down there. We're really excited to see you play. Mahela's a great coach. You've got some brilliant names. And I know that there's kind of a... I guess a consensus that the Brave are one of the favourites for the tournament. I don't know how much chat kind of infiltrates the camp, but what are your expectations like? Because you have such a strong squad. Obviously it's an unknown quantity, but you have the players to win something like this. How are you approaching this? And and I guess how is Mahela and the leadership group trying to temper any of those expectations?
1: Um, I think a lot of it's like you look at all the squads and actually I heard that a lot of that chat um, around that people were sort of really fascinated by the Brave squad and that sort of thing. But I think if you look around all the squads, like the 11 is actually unbelievable in all of them. That They're all very, very strong and, you know, short format cricket. Obviously, this is 100 balls and there's T20. It It doesn't really... Matter who you who you've got, you've still got to execute your skills, and that's been a big message. Um, you know, we're going to have to field exceptionally well. We're lucky we've got a lot of good athletes, which I think is going to be really important. And then we're going to have to bat bat well. We're playing on a big ground here, slightly different. Um, teams might struggle coming here because it's so big, um, but then equally we might struggle to adapt because we've not really played here as a team. So, and then with the ball just being you know we've got an exceptional array of bowlers it it may it's got to be a case of just doing what they've done throughout their careers because that's obviously worked and got them to this point but trying to stay as level as possible i think i, I don't think anyone can say we're the favorites and 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 know that for sure that's definitely not the case i think we've got a good group of players it's going to be how we gel how we bond how we execute plans um and ultimately, if people can put in match winning performances, and obviously with it being a short tournament, you know you could get on a roll early and that's all you need to do and then you've won if you win your first four or five, you're in finals anyway so um, but equally, it could go the other way. so it's going to be really interesting, um, but there's from the guys, the guys don't really listen to that sort of stuff it's it's just about executing, and we know that every team we come up against is going to be extremely tough. I mean, Trent Rockets have got a great side. Um, on Saturday and we're going to come up against probably the best T20 batsman in the world in Alex Hales so um, that's going to be interesting so you know we're just really excited and can't wait to get going
0: yeah and we're really excited to watch the team play and to watch you play we're really excited you're playing in the tournament and uh, thank you for taking the time we really appreciate it you can get back to watching the first men's 100 match now but yeah best of luck for the tournament we can't wait to see you play
1: thanks very much guys I hope you um, enjoy it and get stuck into it it should be good fun I think
0: Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast 100. We've got loads of clips there, loads of different stuff going on. So make sure to follow us there. And please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. We'd love to know what you think and uh, it would really help us out. So thank you very much for listening to the 100 podcast and we'll speak to you next time.